Good afternoon. Welcome to this edition of the Richard Urban Show. I'm your host, Richard Urban, reporting to you from Historic Harpers Ferry. We present news and views from God's point of view. So today we're very happy to have Trisha Jackson on. She is running for county commission on the Republican ticket. So please introduce yourself. So I'm, I am Trisha Jackson. I'm running for county commission, Harpers Ferry District on the Republican ticket. I will be on the Republican primary ballot. If you've um, already started with the early voting, which, which started yesterday, you probably saw my name on the back of the ballot. Um, you can early vote between now and June 6th, and then the primary election is June 9th. Um, so that's me. Okay. So, um, yeah, I mean, so I know you have experience, you're an entrepreneur and, um, you know, you're, um, the Eastern Panhandle Business Association. I understand you're the president now. Correct. So yeah, maybe tell us a little more about, um, why also in addition to maybe your background, why you're running, why did you decide to run? What are the most important, um, points do you want to emphasize? you know, as you're running for this position. Okay, all right. So yeah, my background, I am um, a small business owner, an entrepreneur. I have an HR consulting firm called Next Generation Human Resource Solutions. I provide human resource services to small and emerging businesses in the Eastern Panhandle, Northern Virginia, uh, Maryland, um, everything pretty much from, um, hiring to uh, performance-related issues, uh, disciplinary action, terminations, uh, handbooks, standard operating procedure manuals, um, benefits administration or management, um, just kind of a, a pillar of advisement to uh, a lot of small businesses in managing their, their workforce. Um, I commuted to Northern Virginia my career for about 25 years. Um, I've been a lifelong resident of Jefferson County, so the commute became a bit too much. Um, I've got uh, my degree in business administration from Liberty University um, with a concentration of project management. So my experience actually spans human resources, project management, operations management, um, sales management, um, and nonprofit IT, so networking. Um, so, uh, and service, uh, managed services. So um, that's a little bit about my background. I decided that uh, after meeting some small business owners in the area, um, my services could be used, recommend my services. So I came back home, started my own business. Um, and that's what I've been doing this for about three years now. Um, I work from home. I'm solopreneur, I guess you could say, because it's just me. Um, Anyway, that's my background. Uh, I serve as chair as the, on the Eastern Panhandle uh, Business Association. So I am the first female chair. It's a PAC, a political action committee actually, that um, engages with a lot of our legislators that actually go to Charleston. Um, we put polls or, or um, surveys out to members on things that they would like um, the governing body to present or to work with legislators on um, to keep the Eastern Panhandle or make the Eastern Panhandle business friendly environment. Um, so we, uh, we want to get 
regulations out of the way um, that we can um, just so businesses can grow and thrive in the area. So we're support our voice for businesses in the Eastern Panhandle um, to work with those legislators. Uh, in addition to that, I serve as vice chair on the Jefferson County Emergency Services Agency Board. Okay. Um, so I've been on there for almost two years. I am chair of their audit committee. Um, so I'm really engaged and involved with our um, first responders, um, hands-on, particularly with emergency services. So after being on that board for about a year and a half, I was prompted to run. Um, you as well as myself within a rural area of the county where services um, aren't always abundant or readily available um, to meet our needs. Um, there are other outlying areas in the county as well. Um, so one of the things prompted me to run, government gets bigger. It's my big thing. Government's getting bigger, um, demanding more of our money, <laughs> you know, dipping their hands into our pockets. Services are getting smaller. So um, I lend a lot of my human resource, project management, those types of experiences to the emergency services agency um, in helping them do some things um, around hiring and, and policies and procedures and that sort of thing. So I wanted to, I want to lend my experience, my skill set to the county and help try to get some things in order. I've seen firsthand through sitting through budget meetings and so forth, wasteful spending. Um, I believe that our emergency services personnel, that's, that's fire, rescue, police, should be priority in any budget for our county in providing the services, essential services to the county. And I've sat through budget meetings where they're begging and pleading, rather it's operational. Um, okay. How, yeah, how is the health of our emergency service? I mean, meaning like, yeah, how is the status of it? I saw somewhere, maybe it was in the recent commission history or recent years, there's some argument over increasing or decreasing a fee for $5. But anyway, I don't know if you want to comment on that, but how in general is it going, you know, with the emergency services in Jefferson County? So um, you're talking about the ambulance fee, which I don't believe was adequately or appropriately, should I say, presented to the residents and why it was needed. So that money comes in to um, hire staffing, the paramedics, the EMTs that run on the ambulances. The apparatus itself is owned by the fire, fire departments. So you're actually paying the salaries and the running of the that um, the personnel of that agency through that ambulance fee. So someone calls for an ambulance and they pay an ambulance fee of $35, $40 a year, but they still are billed for use of that ambulance because that the apparatus, the gear, all the equipment and everything on that ambulance um, is used as well. So um, we are, we're not adequately um, staffed in the county to have 24 seven coverage at every one of our volunteer fire departments. Um, which brings me to, you know, recently the um, county commission has talked about, been toying with for about a year now, a fire fee. 
implementing a fire fee. And one of the things they want to do is take um, the operational funds that the county currently provides to the volunteer fire department, keep the lights on and all that sort of stuff, because they are volunteers. None of those are paid firemen. Right. Uh, they want to redirect those funds to build a new county government facility. That and, sounds crazy. Yes, absolutely. So that's one of the things I'm adamantly against. Anything that's going to strap or saddle our taxpayers and our, our residents with fees and taxes, that's not necessary. I don't feel it's necessary. Um, the county government just, so the um, emergency services personnel or the director of emergency services recently sat through budget negotiation with the county commission asking for, now, the list that he was asking for um, of personnel in order to staff 24-7 at these fire departments was a wish list from the fire departments. That's where they got the numbers of how many people they needed. Based on calls, number of calls, call volume, um, saturated areas of residency, and that sort of thing. Um, so he sat and there was a number of 27 personnel. So he presented that to the county commission because he's the voice for emergency services personnel. And um, I mean, the sky was falling to the county commission, right? So you go in knowing you're not getting 27, but if you can get three or four, great. Still not adequate, but great. And he had to beg for three or four. So these transfer fees that the county charges, um, transfer fees related to property transfers and so forth, Mm -hmm. They brought in $175,000, $200,000 in transfer fees that they redirected elsewhere that could have easily had covered a couple of the, that headcount. Um, when they talk about cutting, they go after emergency services. They go after the fire, um, the operations for fire. They go after those things. They don't think about cutting in other ways or tightening um, the purse strings. So um, part of my background, too, um, that I shared it in the journal, um, you know, I was a single parent at one time. I know what it's like to operate and to raise a child within my means. And at the end of the day, if there's no money, there's no money there, you know. So um, I didn't have an ATM machine to go and just get endless supply of money. And that's how I think county government sees us citizens right now. When, oh, we, we spent to the max, we have a $0 budget, we want to do something else, or citizens now demanding a service they're already paying for, well, you know, we don't have it in the budget. We need more money. It's, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Right. That's why I'm running. Okay. Well, one thing I noticed on Memorial Day, I went down with a friend to Moulton Park, mm -hmm. and I noticed they had removed all the picnic tables, and I was aghast. So I assume, or uh, that was because the park supposedly closed, although there were quite a lot of people there anyway. Right. At least they didn't throw them in jail, huh? Right. But anyway, there was no picnic tables and no fortifying. And I said, what a waste of our money. Yep. So do you have any insight on that? Like, how, how did the, I guess the health department, the parks department, help me out here. So would that fall under the purvey of the commissioner? Why are they wasting our money taking the tables out? thousands of dollars, I guess. That's ridiculous. Right. Can you help us? Help me? So, whatever. so here's, 
basically how the bureaucracy kind of works. Um, you know, you get orders from the governor on, on the recent events with this COVID-19. You get the orders from the governor, um, which does roll down to the county and county commission. Now, county commission appoints and, and fills the board seats, including the health department. Um, so at some point, there was a little bit of carte blanche with the health department on, or the health director on what was going to be allowed, what wasn't going to be allowed. Um, I think there were some things that, that happened that were overreaching to some um, businesses and things in the area um, that made the county commission step in and say, hey, now we, we probably need to, you know, reevaluate this or look at this, at this. But for all intents and purposes, the county commission steps back, they appoint these boards and these committees to do their jobs because they're, they're specialized in those areas. There, there just need to be a little bit more common sense approach to things and not um, necessarily just, you know, jumping off the deep end. And, yeah. and, you so know. you're saying that the commission has authority, like ultimately over the health department and the, uh, but you're but they, deferred to a committee on the commission or something like that? Yeah, so they, so like emergency services um, agency board, I sat before the county commission and was interviewed by them in order to be um, nominated or placed on that board. So they do fill board seats and committee seats. Um, there is criteria to follow um, for that as far as qualifications to settle those seats. Um, so they do um, subject um, citizens and people that sit on those boards or committees to an interview process and a qualification process. Um, but they appoint them and allow them to do their jobs. So um, they don't necessarily micromanage it, but they step in, I think, if things get a little bit of out, you know, out of control. Mm -hmm. So I don't have an answer for you as to why they spent the money to remove um, the poor potties or shut the bathrooms down or- Not just that, they actually unchained, they must have to cut the chains and took out all of the part of the picnic table. Yeah, yeah. I I don't uh, really have an answer for you as to why that was done. I assume it was to prevent people from gathering. Yeah. So they supposedly prevent COVID. It's a, anyway. Are you concerned about like the overreach of the well, the governor or government period, like with the COVID nineteen thing? I mean, that seems over the top to me. I mean, if people Okay, the county could say, hey, you're not supposed to gather, but first of all, I think that's dubious to begin with. It's rather random. Hey, is it five people? Is it 10 people? Is it 25? And why can you get in a car with five people and not sit at a picnic table or six yeah. people? It's all I, random. And then wasting our tax money anyway. Are you concerned about these kind of overreaches, you know? I am. Um, I believe in less government, limited government. Um, I don't believe the government should get involved in um, every intricate detail of our lives. I, I, I am concerned about overreach. Um, some people like that, but I think the majority of the people like their freedom and like to be able to make their own decisions on, you know, yeah, I'm going to go out and I'm not going out. Speaking of the COVID-19 thing, and I'm sorry, I'm not, well, I don't, I was going to say, I'm not, well, I'm not going to pick on them, but I am going to pick on them. So if you haven't gone into Walmart 
on a good day before this virus came and caught something and but you can go you know there's no regulations or overreach or going into walmart any given day now i don't understand the other stipulations being right yeah well i agree with you somewhere on the county level like it seemed like the health department i assume well actually i don't know the process i'm kind of asking i assume the health department told the parks hey shut down hey remove the tables it's like or the parks maybe decided to do that i mean what's going on it's crazy so you know what concerns me about the health department kind of like being overreaching um I, as a small business owner, I'm very passionate about helping and propping up small businesses, um, helping them grow and thrive in this county. It's something that's been lacking for a long time. So it's no coincidence I mentioned Walmart because <laughs> that's right. Walmart, right? But you've got, you know, there's several small businesses in the area, particularly restaurants or food service, and they have been like a ping pong ball in this whole thing, particularly with direction from the health department. You can open, but you can only have, you know, 10 people in. And then while you can't open in, you can open out. And so they go to the extent of having picnic tables or some type of outside seating so they can open because their business has been closed for several weeks. And then it's, I, I visited an establishment the other day. It's a small business because I, just to, to, they just opened back up where they could do 50% capacity. And so I call to make sure that, I, you know, do I need a reservation? Are you at max? Like, is there a wait? Whatever, before I even go out. And you know, no problem, got a reservation. I need you to wear a mask across the threshold into the business use the hand sanitizer that's sitting at the door, but then you can take your mask off when you get to the table. I'm like, what sense does that make? <laughs> Who made up that rule? Who made that Yeah, I, I had one almost joke. It's like, okay, we want to eat dinner. Eat dinner with a mask on. Okay, yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's too much. I mean, let people decide on their own, but I'm saying, you know, maybe what is a county? Maybe you should push back a little. Like say, hey, a governor, you know, I mean, really, you know, your things are kind of random. We're not going to do that or something. I don't well, know. that's where that's that's where some of these decisions that are made lack the common sense. You know, there's another business that so here's this blows my mind, too. But there's another small business that could open at 50 percent capacity, but had to switch to all paper products or plastic products in order to serve. It's like so now you have to change your whole mode of operation and go to just added expense. So great, you get money from the SBA to help, you know, keep you going, but now you gotta change the way you operate your business in order to open back up. So it's a right. that money. Um, so some of them just decided I'm gonna stay closed until I can do 50% capacity inside. Um, it's just, yeah. and then I think about, okay, now you gotta change to plastic when there was a war on plastic, like what, a year ago? Right. On banning plastic bags and all that. So it's like, what's that doing for our environment? Yeah. And we got copious amounts of trash. So. I agree. <laughs> yeah, we doing? can push back on that. Yeah. Yeah, and improving base service is important. I noticed the other day I wanted to drop something at the dump. It wasn't a scale item. 
<laughs> there was like, it was, it was like a TV monitor thing. And there was like um, 25 flat screen TV, 25 cars. So I just backed up and turned around. But the point about it is, they, you know, if we can improve services, hey, maybe separate the services like where you don't need the scale. I've had that happen another time to drop oil off. Had to wait 10 or 15 minutes, and I found out the oil thing was closed. What if I waited? Unfortunately, I got out of there two, three hours, and they said, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're not taking TVs today. We're capacity." Right. I mean, it seems like basic service like that should be improved. Yeah. You know, definitely. Well, I do want to ask you one other thing um, about the whole. You know, there's been controversy about over the last couple of years, Jefferson County Development Authority, mm -hmm. the whole Rockwell thing. It wasn't transparent. Right. Um, so how do you see the role of Jefferson County Development Authority? And also a related question would be, what role, if any, does the commission play, you know, with the ongoing legal issues that people are filing, whatever, around Rockwell? Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll be the first to say, I don't think Rockwell was a good fit for our county, but they're coming. I don't think there's anything that can be done to stop them. It's, I mean, they've done the things they've needed to do in order to get this business up and going. So I think they're coming. Um, I don't really know right now what role the county would play in, uh, in, in legal fees or any type of um, action related to any legalities around some of these groups. Um, I know the Board of Education uh, was going to take up a lawsuit or was trying to take up a lawsuit and petitioned the County Commission, who has oversight on the elections, uh, to run a special election um, or, you know, for funding and put it out um, or increase levy rates because they're spending money elsewhere. Um, so I don't really know what involvement the county would have legally or to stop a lawsuit, or I wouldn't support any funding of a lawsuit of a business. Okay, but on the role of like how it happened, one thing that seemed to be occurring, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, the whole Jeffs County Development Authority resigned at one point. Right. And I was reading on your, not your website, but the county commission website, the commission's mm -hmm. website, that that, uh, that authority is appointed by or under the county commission. Yeah. So did like, it seemed like people didn't know about the, what, what was it, the pilot agreement and didn't know that about the change about the properties. Um, I guess that was the city of Ransom right. changed from a residential development. Right. They got a million dollars for developing a plan for residential, whatever, commercial, like commercial, not commercial, retail right. to this industrial, but obviously the G, the Development Authority knew about that and was trying to bring these people, but it seemed like they weren't telling anybody else or something seemed right. to be wrong there. Do you have right. any comment on that? Um, <laughs> I'm, an, I'm a proponent for small business. And I know Rockwell comes in as, or labeled as a small business and under federal government, they are a small business, but I can really? small business, you know, 50 people or less, 100 people or less. Um, I'm for businesses coming here and 
I'm okay. I'm for rebuilding the development authority to be specific to your question. Um, I'm all for transparency um, and communication. It's how do you get that mode of communication out so that people are aware? We're in an age of technology. Um, you have a website, you can do email blasts. I mean, you heavily rely on people to go to the internet. We have a huge demographic that doesn't use internet. Or we have a lot of people that travel out of the you know, community to work, they commute. Um, it's, it's how do you get that information out there? Um, but at the same time, you elect people to county commission to appoint people to these boards and that board's tasked with doing a job, just like the health department. So, you know, you've got a set of standards or you've got a set of guidelines for which you court businesses to come to the area. What are they? Um, what do they look like? You know, what is a fit for our community? Uh, we can't be a bedroom community. We, we just can't. That means citizens are going to bear the burden of the growing government in taxes and fees. So we need a strong business base that's going to pay business taxes to help keep the cost of living here, which is why a lot of people move here from the metropolitan area is quality of life and, and, and cheaper taxes and lower uh, cost of living. But then if you don't have a strong business base, it's going to be right what you move from. So then, then where are you going to go? You're going to keep going away. Right. You know, not only that, as an advocate for small businesses to provide amenities and services to our residents, that's activities, that's, I mean, anything and everything that, that you might need as a homeowner or some services to our youth that, you know, hopefully keep them out of trouble, keep them off the streets, something for them to do. Um, I just, um, I, I'm, I'm just very passionate about getting small businesses up and going and, and things that fit the county and creating some jobs. Not yeah. everybody that currently commutes to Northern Virginia or into Maryland, into DC, can become an entrepreneur. I mean, they can, but they not everybody has the desire or the drive yeah. to do that. So what I do think, you do yeah. about creating jobs? So one of the things I, I did speak to a gentleman about um, not long ago at a restaurant, we've got tons of space out in Bardane and the county owns some of those buildings, but there's land to be developed. What about a data center? There's no smokestacks. You know, if you can put the right infrastructure in here for technology, broadband, and all of that, what's wrong with a data center? I mean, they're growing hand over fist because everything's, you know, going to the cloud. So, yeah, data center, stuff like that, you don't have to worry about the environmental impact as much as you do someone with, you know, a smokestack or runoff or something of that. Yeah, nature. definitely. Yeah, I agree. I think it was, it's a bad fit. But yeah, I just kind of wondering how it's playing out in, in the long run. I know things are, some things are ongoing. Okay, well, uh, you know, I know you have an opponent in the primary, mm -hmm. you know, how would you like compare yourself or meaning like, why would voters choose you over your opponent? How do you differentiate yourself? So, um, one, my wealth of experience, I'm a small business owner, um, human resource management, project management, operations management, 
lifelong resident. I know what used to be here. I know what's not here anymore. Um, so I've got a lot to offer and a lot to bring to the table. And I'm very passionate about giving our residents a voice and representing them. I never thought I'd get into government, but I'm just tired. I'm, I'm tired. I can only imagine other people out there just being tired and feeling hopeless and like nothing can be done. Um, my opponent ran in 2018, I believe it was, for the same seat and was defeated. Um, my, um, he is currently a key card field representative for um, uh, the state auditor's office. So, and he represents, he's out in, in this area. So he helps municipalities and, and uh, county governments and he helps them or encourages them to switch to what's called a, um, the P card, which is like a, it's a purchase card. So it's loaded with like a credit card. I think you get 1.25% rebate on it if you use that. But he'd like to see all expenses for the state or the local government go on that. Um, my main concern with him, uh, given his current profession, which from what I understand, he has no intent of resigning from if he's successful in getting into county commission, is how do you sit on a county commission board or a county commission seat and set a budget for the very dollars you're going to help the government spend? That's a conflict of interest to me. I don't have that conflict. The only, the only thing I am in this for personally is I don't want to part with more of my money. I don't want to spend more, more money on mm. services that I'm not receiving. Right. That, that's it. I, I have no, I'm out to represent everybody in this county to hopefully bring some transparency to the governments, open, honest dialogue, communication. I want them to feel heard and listened to. I might not always have the answer, but we'll work to get it. If I don't have it, or if it's something, I, I wanna hear, their, hear what they think and what they say and help them understand if it's something that cannot be done, why it cannot be done. Okay, fair enough. Okay, that's good. So I do urge everyone to um, get out and vote on June 9th. And any other closing comments you have or anything you'd like to share? Just vote Tricia Jackson, County Commission, Harpers Ferry District. I'm on the back of the ballot. Again, you can vote um, early vote between now and uh, June 6th at the courthouse, or hopefully I'll see you at the polls on June 9th. Okay, very good. So yeah, do get out and vote June 9th. We'll uh, put this up on um, video and podcast. Hopefully people will view it and make an informed decision. So thank you for joining us today. I'm your host Richard Urban from Store Carpets Ferry, and we will see you next time.